All right, episode 16 of the Melbourne Flow podcast. I'm very excited to have spoken with Matthew Wong. For those that don't know who Matt is, he runs a channel on Instagram and YouTube called Discernible Official. Now, Matt's recently gone viral, especially in Victoria and Melbourne, for explaining things such as the extension of the state of emergency and the proposed changes to the omnibus bill. Now, Matt's got a very special talent in explaining things that are quite complex in a very simple and articulate way. And this is important because these things that are occurring are affecting our rights as citizens in Melbourne and Victoria. Anyways, I don't want to take away from the potty for too long. So this is episode 16 with the ever smart Matt Wong. So hello, everybody. Uh, no, not a lawyer. I, I need to be careful because people say, oh, the lawyer is doing a breakdown on this legislation. No, no, no. Um, I went to law school uh, twice, not because I'm stupid, but because I thought it would be a good idea. Undergraduate at UTS in Sydney and then uh, did postgraduate migration law at uh, Victoria University. Hated it. Practiced as a migration agent, actually, for a year. Absolutely hated it. And um, then what? Oh, sorry, I'm just getting a message. My wife says she's locked out of the house. Can I just let her back in? Um, look, I, I'd, I'd be tempted to see how mad she'd get if we made her stay out for two hours. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think let her back in. I think that'd be the the wise move. All right, I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah no worries. Sorry about that, George. No, not, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Yeah. So you, so you were saying you, you tried your hand at law twice, became my migra- my uh, migration agent. Yeah, hated it so much, and then pivoted into the business and uh, did an MBA and then and business. But the law is so interesting, and it really frust. I mean, I assume you got me on here because of this stupid omnibus bill, and it really frustrates me that that nobody's really helping people understand what what it is. Mm. You know, mm. there's, I've got a lot of lawyer friends on Facebook uh, and, and, and judges, not maybe at least one that I know of. And they're not, they're not make, like, why am I making this content? I'm not <laughs> yeah. the best person to make it. Uh, but, but look, I, I think you, you're, doing, you're doing very well because when you, the first video I saw of yours was when they were pushing to change the state of emergency, right? Mm. And, and you broke that down so succinctly and you, you, you gave us those four or three, three or four most worrying things about those changes. And then mm. that got me hooked onto your channel. And then when the omnibus uh, came out, which I think they, they passed one on the 24th of April and now they're looking to change it again. So I, I do want to sort of get a bit of a timeline as well, but uh, you, you did mm. it in a way that was so succinct. And even though you're not, not a practicing lawyer, I, I guess mm. having that background in law, does help and mm. and the funny thing is matt a lot of my friends other than maybe one or two uh they they don't know about these changes going on a lot of people on on sort of my broader social circle don't know about these changes and it's kind of scary some of the things that they're proposing in this latest omnibus right mm. so i guess and and I, I don't usually I don't usually do notes, but but for you I've I've done I've done a lot of notes because I want to make sure we touch on on um, a few important things. But I mean, it's a it's a complex topic. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I guess can you give me a bit of a timeline of of what's occurred so far? Because we've had the state of emergency declared, then they've extended mm. that, and then they've mm. made a change to the Public Health and Safety Act, which mm. allows them to extend the state of emergency. And then after that, mm. they're now looking to do the omnibus. Is that right? Yeah. So state of emergency, a state of emergency can be declared every every month for a month. And they yeah. can redeclare it every month. And what the problem was, the government had, was that the the this Public Health and Wellbeing Act says you can only extend it for a maximum period of six months. So when we came up against that was the thirteenth of September. When mm. we came up against that, they wanted to change the the law, the act, the legislation, to allow them to keep declaring a state of emergency every month. And they've now successfully done that as much as we tried to stop it. We lost it by one vote in the upper house. When I say we, I mean just a loose collection of people who think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, so now they can do it for another six months. They can keep redeclaring the state of emergency. The state of disaster, which is under a different act, is under the um, Emergency Management Act. There's no sunset clause in that. So they can declare that every month forever. They yeah. do slightly different things. You know, the state of emergency is actually a good thing in that it allows the government to make decisions very rapidly, which you want in an emergency. The problem is... Every government that's gone funny mm. over history, every dictator that's arisen, not that I'm calling Dan a dictator, but every previous historical dictator, they always rise to power to thunderous applause and they rise to power through emergencies and, and very special circumstances. None of them say, look, I want to take over your life because no one mm. will consent to that. Yeah. So that's why we're jumping up and down just because this is how you get to that position. Mm. Do I think we're going to become North Korea? Of course not not but i didn't think we would see zoe being locked up for making a facebook post and i didn't yeah. think that i would have a decoy mobile phone and laptop on my bench waiting for vic pole to come and raid me yeah like this geez. is crazy conspiracy theorist stuff and I, I didn't think that they would be knocking on people's doors with a letter for saying you clicked like or i'm going to this this protest and giving you a letter like it's shocking or pulling a pulling a mobile phone out of grandmother's hands in the park bench if you've seen these videos or or separating a parent from a pram on the streets of melbourne or you know i can keep going there's so many so is so just to quickly touch on uh can you explain what a sunset clause is and and why that's important yeah so most legislations have a sunset clause uh, especially ones that are extraordinary like emergency powers uh, mm. that are found in the Public Health and Wellbeing Act, Sunset Clause just says, "Look, these are these are powers you're able to use, uh, and but they they expire after X period of time or by a certain date. So yeah. it's like a you know like on a it's a it's a like a timed mine or a bomb a timed yeah. bomb in a computer game where yeah. it blows up after a certain amount of time, <laughs> yeah. which is good. It's really yeah. good. So and all they've done is they've reset the timer on it. That's all." Yeah. So essentially what we're saying is instead of, instead of reinstating the state of emergency for, for four weeks, for six months, they're now allowed to do it for 12, which originally, originally they wanted 18. Yeah. So right. he would still have to declare it every month. Yeah. But that's easy. He just makes a declaration, but now he can do it. He wanted a further 12, which would have made it 18. Yeah. And we got him, got him down to, to a further six. And, and I guess, what is your take on on you know the the raids that are happening? So was it Zoe the that was the the pregnant mum right that uh, mm. 
got uh, she was in was she was in the regional vic if if i'm all right was she I, i'm i'm not 100 percent sure uh Ballarat, stage Ball- three oh, sorry yeah, yeah sorry I, I thought you said oh right uh, <laughs> um, no 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 Ballarat, yeah. Ballarat. Yep. yeah so what did you take on that sort of thing i mean is was that was that something that could happen before the state of emergency was declared or was that something because the state of emergency was declared that vic Pol could do that the thing you've got to keep in mind about the law is most laws are not enforced. So, you know, there are states in the US where it's illegal to carry a salmon, open salmon in public. Mm. But, and the laws are still on the books. But yeah. they, they just sit there because no police officer in his right mind is going to arrest someone because they're eating a salmon salad at a cafe, which is illegal <laughs> yeah. in that state. Yeah. So the power for laws does not come in what they say. The power for laws comes in what what people do with them. Do Does the police prosecutor come and charge you and enforce a particular act against you. And that's, that's the scary thing. The public health more being has been around since, um, I think it was 2008. 2008. It, was, it was introduced under the John Brumby government in Victoria. Mm. And uh, it hasn't really been exercised until now. Those emergency powers, section 200 of the act have these emergency powers. And so could they do to Zoe what they did? Well, they had a search warrant for, for, um, her house, which is in the video, it has her address in it. If you freeze frame it, and Jeez. she, um, yeah, they, they, they basically they said she was inciting, inciting a protest, and she did say in the thing, peaceful protest, social distancing, wear your mask, but come and protest at Ballarat Town Square, wherever it was, middle of Ballarat. Yeah. So she was saying that. Uh, however, do we really? This is the argument that will be in court on her court dates in April, I think. Yeah. Was that was that a justified way to the, the way that they treated her, the fact that they detained her, when what they should have done is served a summons to appear. So, when when uh, the police want to drag you into court, because remember the police are not the judges; that they can yeah. only apprehend you, and, and a court has to find you guilty. Yeah. They usually issue a summons to appear, so they they knock on your door, say, "Here's a letter. You've been served." Yeah, and the letter says you must appear in Ballarat local court on this date. Magistrate will oversee the case. That's normal. That happens every day. Yeah. Instead, they went and arrested her and detained her, which is a joke. You know, she still doesn't have her phone uh, until the court date. Her partner, who filmed the live, he's got his phone back, but she still can't get her phone back. So look, Jeez. they've just been overhanded. Technically, yeah, they could do what they did, and when they go to court, maybe the magistrate will say this is. An abuse of power and maybe it all falls apart but that's the thing like that's why i can't answer your question directly you've said do they have the power to do it well we don't really ever know the answer to those questions until a judge says yes or no and that hasn't happened yet yeah and um i, I can't imagine how stressful for her that would be and and look for from my point of view i don't really have an a, opinion on the matter to be completely honest just because i don't know enough about the law and and what she was doing i haven't seen the post i don't know her background right but um since then i've seen a few other sort of video surface of people that have had their facebook posts looked at and said okay you're inciting either a protest or inciting a riot or something along those lines and they've been dragged out of their house now on that i mean is is pro like is protesting illegal to incite a protest? Like I've I've heard of inciting a riot, but I've never really heard of inciting a protest, especially when it's a peaceful protest. 
So this is the slippery thing that we're dealing with right now is the government is, we're all grappling with it, but the government in particular is redefining this as a serious risk of public injury, you know, Mm. uh, serious harm. And so that's how they justify suspension of a lot of the human rights um, stuff. So for example, the Victorian Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities, and even all sorts of uh, human rights conventions around the world that we've adopted in Western countries, they preserve the right to to peaceful protest, especially when it comes to political protests. Mm. So technically speaking, protests are 100% allowed and 100% supported, not just by our Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities, Mm. but by the general momentum of the planet the way that we have always supported in western democratic countries the right to peacefully protest the problem comes when the the pandemic itself says uh well our our interpretation of it says that gathering uh you know causes transmission and and then well the government narrative is that it's super deadly and it doesn't discriminate based on age and it kills everyone old and young which clearly you know it does discriminate based on age it kills old people really badly yeah it doesn't seem to kill young people much which is good news i don't know we're not happy about that yeah but um yeah so that, what they've done is they said look dan andrews every day stands up to, is now is not the time to protest because it will kill people and it's dangerous and so i see where they're coming from i see what the government is saying mm. however it, it really ignores a lot of our history of, of human rights, like I've been saying. So technically speaking, legally speaking, yes, you're allowed to protest. However, it does go against orders by the chief health officer, which is what all this lockdown stuff is about. When the police yeah. pull you over right now, they don't say you're breaking a law. Like you watch the clips when the people are being arrested. Why am I being arrested? Says the belligerent person. And the cops don't say you broke the law. They say the truth, which is uh, f- for contravening a health direction as authorized by the chief health officer in the public health and wellbeing act. Yeah. So are they like, is that a law? Is a direction from, from the show, this chief chief health officer is a direction from the show a law. Yeah. Yeah. See that that's the thing. And, and if we can sort of just touch on, on that now, you, you said in one of your clips that pretty much we've got an act, right. And that's voted on in parliament. Then we've got regulations declared by the government which fall mm. underneath the act. And then we've got legislative instruments. Um, mm. And then the legislative, uh, legislative instruments are that, that would be the direction by the Cho. Is that right? No, this is a whole nother thing. Okay. I don't know where you would place health direction from the Cho, but it's not a legislative instrument. A legislative instrument is signed by the minister. So if it's not a legislative instrument, that is, is that why it's so hard to actually enforce these types of things? Well, it's not hard to enforce in that what they are enforcing it. You know, you saw Queen yeah, Victoria Mark. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's legally like ambiguous because it's okay. a direction that was created under the Public Health and Wellbeing Act. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions around this. And I, I'm really looking forward to some of these fines getting to court because I want to know what much smarter people than me think. So judges, courts, I want to know what they think. Yeah. And I suspect that when they get there, they're going to have a lot of things to say, but they're not able to say it yet. Uh, because no, no fines are making it to court. So I, you know, I want to caution people of um, tarring the justice system in this. They have not done anything at all. They haven't had the opportunity to speak yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most of those, most of those fines are being rescinded by the police, correct? After they've issued them. Okay, so when you get a fine, it alleges that you've broken a law and then if you pay it, it just goes away. So no conviction was required 
recorded, you're basically admitting guilt, but it never went through the legal system. So it's kind yeah. of a quasi, you know, I, I don't mean to sound strange, funny, but it is, it is like a fake thing. It's like the police force are alleging you did something, telling you to pay money yeah. and then you pay it. Yeah. But legally nothing's really happened. Like there's been no yeah. conviction or it's strange. And then that's how most are dealt with. Then it goes, yeah. what happens is every fine goes through review, basically two review stages. The first review stage is Vic poll. Yeah. So for example, you know, I've had fines before where I parked my car at 10 AM and it was, um, I got a fine for saying you parked at 9:59 AM and it was a, um, like a no stopping zone until yeah. 10 AM and it became parking. And before it even went anywhere, before I even had to, uh, um, request a review or even elect to go to court, the, this was in New South Wales. The New South Wales police just said, oh, we've decided to re review it and we've removed it. Okay. Okay. And that makes sense. Cause like, why the hell do they want to go to the court and fight for a one minute thing? And then I'm going to argue his clock's wrong. And yeah, so it never went anywhere. Yeah. Then the fines go to, uh, in Victoria, they go to, what is it called? Fines Victoria, I think it's called. Yeah. It's called fines Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you can request a review. So they send mm. you a fine and then you write in, you know, how you can request a view. Uh, yeah. I'm a good citizen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they, they can elect to in their review to remove the fines. Yeah. Then if, if they don't, then you elect, you either pay it or they chase you with enforcement orders or you elect to have it heard at the court. Yeah. So when we say fines are being uh, removed in the review stage, uh, I've been speaking to David Limbrick who got this information out of the attorney general. So David Limbrick is an MP uh, here in, in Victoria and we can't quite figure out whether they're being removed with withdrawn rather in the Vic poll review stage or in the fines Victoria stage. Okay. But he did get out of the attorney general that they are, that none have made it to court. And then we thought, okay, maybe the courts are just busy. Yeah. But then he further pressed and he found out that, no, the majority are being withdrawn in the review stage. Yeah. With okay. The remainder being paid. Okay. So essentially that's, I think that review stage would be fines Vic, but, but regardless, if you do get that fine, you don't necessarily have to pay, pay it because it's not yet an admission of guilt until you pay it essentially in sort of a broad sense and people listening. Well, that's have, been the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the case for for 50 years, hundred years. That's yeah. normal. Now, if, if we sort of steer back to, I guess, the, the state of emergency. So we had that act passed and there was one thing that, um, or two things I wanted to touch on. So essentially now we're saying that the Cho can give an order if he reasonably, or he or she, depending on who it is at, at whatever time, now that the, the act is passed, they can give an order that they reasonably believe is for, I guess the the safety of the state, and you you had a real issue with the word reasonably, and I just sort of wanted to understand why why does the word reasonably in an act make you feel a bit uneasy? Yeah, so it's not just me; it's it's many people. But uh, the, the Public Health and Wellbeing Act used to say that the Chief Health Officer can exercise his emergency powers in Section two hundred of that Act uh, if he believes it's necessary to protect the health of victoria and so on they wanted to extend the state of emergency and at the same time they wanted to insert the word reasonably so now it and they and they succeeded in passing the amendment so now it says that the chief health officer must believe it was reasonably necessary to exercise his emergency powers to prevent a 
material risk to public health, um, whatever the wording is. Yeah. So what that means is it lowers the standard of, of proof uh, where before, if something is necessary, it's necessary, show me how. And if it wasn't, well, then the courts can find you guilty of, of it's an illegal thing that you've done. Yeah. But now it says reasonably necessary, adds a lot of uh, wiggle room where he can, he can argue whether it's not necessarily him arguing, but that side can argue. Look, in all balancing everything out, it was reasonably necessary. Maybe it wasn't 100% correct and maybe it wasn't totally necessary, but it was yeah. reasonably necessary. And lest you think I'm just kind of picking on a word, every law student knows this. When you, go, when you read cases in law school, right, this is what we, we see judges arguing over. They'll literally argue over the, the, the phrasing of a contract or the phrasing of legislation. And they will say, well, why did the minister in his third reading speech refer to the bill in this way and use, and literally the word reasonably, I've seen them argue over the word reasonably and what is reasonable. Yeah. And cases can turn on whether something was reasonable or not. So these people drafting this legislation, they're lawyers too. Too. they're not dummies that's a very very if i wanted to really loosen the standards and allow the show to get away with a lot i would insert the word reasonably it's like a wild card yeah i am going to use the word reasonably so much at work now <laughs> what, what do you do for work i'm a, I'm a analyst I want oh you're a smart cookie uh, I wouldn't say smart, but um, I, I think I think I've scraped through a few times. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I will I will um, have to to edit out where I work just in case people want to start start tracking me down. Don't want to make it too easy. Uh, sure, but but yeah. So I've um, and and that's why this sort of thing, um, you know, having having the the government now having to face into an inquisition into the sort of quarantine botch up um, is, is very interesting to me um, in, in terms of how they're going to turn the heat up on the ministers as, as opposed to what they did to, to the banks. Um, mm. And it's also quite interesting that uh, the, the presses that we're, we're seeing now are at 10 a.m., which is the same time as the Inquisition. So um, I thought that shift in timing was very interesting. Um, not saying um it was done intentionally but it was just an interesting sort of coincidence but on yeah. on that um going back to the the emergency act right so yeah. we we pretty much said now the cho can reasonably say that th they did something for the safety of victorians bless their hearts right yes do yep. you feel do you feel like that's a bit of a a cop-out to sort of say, well, at the time we thought this was the, the best way to go and hey, we fucked it up completely. But at the time we thought it was the best thing to do and it sort of alleviates accountability by the sounds of it. Well, yeah, it clearly does. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the government's position is that they need these powers to save us all. Like it's a noble, well, they say, you know, they, they come from it as if they, they've got noble intent. And I don't know about most of the ministers. They seem pretty sloppy and sloppy. I mean, to me, but certainly Dan Andrews, I think he has a savior complex and I think he's trying to save us all. I think he's on, I think he truly believes what he's doing and, and he's on a crusade to save Victoria. I think he's destroying it in the process, unfortunately, but I think yeah. he's trying to save it. Uh, look, I've, I've said this before um, on, on the podcast with, with a few other people, but um, you know, I'll repeat it again. I just, I think, look for me personally, I think social distancing, putting your mask on, Great, do do that. It's it seems to have worked. Um, I, I know there was a case in South Korea where uh, 
someone was infected at a Starbucks, everyone mm. there caught COVID except for the employees who had their masks on, right? Right. So look, right. following hygiene, keeping your mask on, cool, that's fine. But I sort of feel like this was done very heavy handed in a way where we had, you know, no, no sort of detailed plan on how we were going to handle the impacts to the economy. Right. And the impacts to things such as mental health and people losing their jobs, it could have been very easily pivoted. And I'm sure you'd appreciate with your, um, with your business, it could have been pivoted in a way where sure, why not keep the shops open, but then have subsidies for, you know, transitioning those shops online, have subsidies for giving those shops funding for online marketing, right? So I feel like it could have been pivoted and that's just one way. It could have been pivoted in, in many other ways, but it, it wasn't, right? And that sort of now leads us to, I feel like um, when I sort of watch anything to do with the ministers, it feels like a, a blame game, right? And all of a sudden we have the state of emergency changed and now we've got the omnibus, which you touched on in a mm. video, which I loved. I think I shared it at least 20 times. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it really clearly explained what the omnibus was trying to achieve. Mm. Now, for, for those of us that don't know, um, and I'll, I'll raise my hand on that. Can you explain what the, what the difference between an act and an omnibus and, and a bill is? Yeah. So everything we do in a, uh, in a law is, is basically voted on right in parliament. That's the whole point. Our history is that, you know, no taxation without representation and don't, don't make laws without that whole thing. So the people have to be involved. That's the whole democracy movement. And how we do that is we have elected representatives in parliament. We call them members of parliament, parliamentarians, up house, low house, blah, blah, blah. And what happens is they introduce something called a bill. So a bill is simply a proposed law mm. or a proposed act. An, an act of parliament, that's where the word act comes from, an act of parliament. So a bill is just a proposed act and they put it before the house and it gets debated. And the idea being that, you know, it's a bit of a show now, but they were supposed to legitimately debate bills and then amendments get introduced and they debate those. And after a period of time, they, they vote on it. And they mm. vote in the lower house after it's read for it to be read three times. It's archaic, but anyway, it, it gets passed and then uh, it then goes to the upper house and then it goes to the upper house, the upper house do the same thing. And then if it, they vote on it and if it gets passed there, the bill now transforms into an act, becomes an act. And the act uh, has to have royal assent. So the governor general signs it off. They always do like they, they have to basically they sign it off. And the following day, it comes into force. So that's exactly what happened with the original omnibus bill back in April. Uh, it was a bill it passed governor general signed it off. And on the 25th of April, the following day, it became an act, the omnibus COVID measures act, whatever it's called. Yeah. And that's what our laws are. Our laws are a collection of acts. Yeah. And, and this omnibus that's getting uh, passed now or not, not getting passed, but is, is being presented to, is it the lower house or is it going to go to the upper house on mid-October? Yeah, so what, what's happened is we've had this omnibus act since April and it's mm. been good. It's been things like courts are allowed to do stuff over Zoom and, you know, just general like housekeeping stuff, you know, and, yeah. and, and the word omnibus, don't, 
you know, that's, that's common. Like Omnibus acts happen all the time. Omnibus bills or Omnibus acts is just a collection of stuff all shoved into one. So you don't have to vote on everything. So, you know, the, the, the Omnibus one back in April was like, we want to change these 15 different acts to take into account COVID-19, which is fine. What they're doing now is they're saying, okay, we need to amend that Omnibus act that has passed in April. So we need to extend, you know, across 20 acts or whatever it is. Yeah. Just so that that's, that's why it's omnibus and we need to extend it, you know, which is fine. You know, let's give courts the power to do things over zoom for longer. Fine. Um, parliamentary inquiries can be done over zoom. Fine. But what they're doing is they're sneaking in amongst those hundred changes or whatever it is. They're sneaking in some, some new changes to the public, Health and Wellbeing Act, which is yeah. the emergency state of emergency and the emergency powers, and that's what we're jumping up and down about these sneaky new changes. Now, those those changes, right? What what to you is the scariest thing about those changes, and and should we be worried if it gets passed? It's all pretty scary. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you want me to tell you about all the changes or you just want me to tell you the scariest one. In my opinion, the scariest thing is, is the, the idea of a Stasi state. So do you know what the Stasi was? No, no. So Germany, right? Mm. So this is Godwin's law. You know, how long does it take in any conversation before someone brings up Nazi Germany? But uh, in Germany <laughs> in the 1940s, at the height, yeah. their, the height of their fun, shall we call it, uh, yeah. they, they implemented something called the Stasi. The Stasi were a community-based police. So they, they had people snitching on one another basically. And you started to see this now in, in, in California, uh, New York, and I'm not sure if our government has said it here, but just campaigns from officials in the U S saying, Hey, dob in someone who's not wearing a mask and we'll give you a reward. What? (laughs) That's Stasi. So I am concerned that these new laws in the omnibus bill, yeah, will uh, create, will further a Stasi culture because one of the changes it makes is anyone can be a, an authorized officer under the emergency powers in that act. Yeah. So literally uh, they could make, oh, I mean, the IPA had a good video about this today. You know, they could make some asshole, you know, there are assholes in the world, right? Some asshole who's just a, is an asshole in the neighborhood. He could become you know, a Karen, he, he could be a delegated <laughs> officer yeah. and he would have the power to, to, to preemptively, that's the other problem with this is preemptive detainment before you've committed a crime. Yeah. But anyone can do it and, and he would have the power to come and detain you. So it would, it would literally be my neighbor across the road. I have nice neighbors, but if I had an asshole neighbor, he might be, he could be a delegated officer. He could come over and detain me in my house with police behind him backing his legal right up uh, with his, his, his laminated ID card saying i believe based on your videos on discernible and your channel always talking about not paying fines and stuff i believe that you uh, are likely to disobey a medical order like not like wearing a mask when you go up to the shops or whatever so i'm preemptively detaining you that that sounds ridiculous right like that could never happen yeah that's exactly what the law says they'll have the power to do that's what the omnibus changes in the public health and well-being act yeah and the question is, would they ever use it? Would they ever go that crazy and, and start to have this Stasi system going on? 
well, you know, again, I, I never thought that I would be scared to go out of my house. Like I got told off for going to my letterbox without a mask on. My letterbox is like right there, like at the yeah. end of my foot. Like, what? Well, see, first of all, I don't know if you watch The Office. Do you know Dwight Schrute from The Office? Yeah. 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 Like this, this just seems like the perfect catalyst for a bunch of Dwight Schrutes to start going out and asserting their... Um, well, I was going to say imaginary powers, but if this, this omnibus gets passed, it's going to be quite real powers. But, um, I mean, like this preemptive thing is personally, I think it's fucked. But I mean, to, is, is everyone now going to be able to tell the future and, and, and where does it stop? It's, it's so ambiguous. And then if you try to explain it, like it just doesn't feel like you, you can. And and that to me is a very scary thing. Where you you if if someone's an authorized officer, and and I do want to touch on how someone becomes an authorized officer. But if, if mm. someone's got no proper training to mm. detain someone, and and I also mm. want to touch on how long people can be detained for now, um, forever. But go on. Yeah, but, I mean, if you don't know how to take a person down and 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 subdue that person and, and hold them down and keep them on the ground until an actual police officer arrives. What, what if you hurt that person you're trying to detain because you have an adrenaline rush, right? And you've got this surge of power. If this happens on a broad scale where anybody can be an authorized officer, I guarantee you there's going to be so many fuck ups where someone hurts someone unintentionally and it turns into a whole other thing. Like, what if someone is a tradie and then someone goes to detain them that's an authorized officer and they bust, mm. their, bust their knee out or injure them in a way where they can't work for a long time? What happens there? Does the authorized officer get sued? Does the government get sued? Does the cho get sued? It's, it's just, I don't know. For me, it, we're opening up a can of worms and it also starts creating that sort of vibe where you're going to be looking over your shoulder and it's your neighbors tattling on each other. And I just don't think that's a healthy mentality. Um, so you know, yeah, your neighbor, when you, when your car won't start or when your mower breaks down or when some dodgy person was walking past your house, you know, it's not the cops who are going to knock on your door and say, Hey, I saw this happening. You better check your back gate. Right. Yeah. It's, it's your neighbor. Who's yeah, going to yeah. have your back. It's the neighbors, man. We need to be friends with our neighbors, not afraid yeah. of each other. Yeah. Oh, that, that is so spot on. So, I mean, can you explain how someone becomes an authorized officer? Is it, is it like, can I wake up tomorrow morning and be like, Hey, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to go enforce these laws that, that nobody really has a clear grasp on. So this is the problem, right? It's, uh, it's at the moment, uh, the secretary of the DHHS is the, is the answer. He can, she, I think it's a girl. She can appoint anyone to be a delegated. I think it's called a delegated authorized officer. I can't remember. Yeah. I think or, it's yeah, delegated anyway. authorized officer. A DAO. Yeah. I call him. A DAO. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, this is, this is the problem at the moment. Uh, we're seeing a lot of stuff ups by Vicpol. Like you look at the way they're arresting people and, and whatever they're making some mistakes, right? I, from what, from my contacts who know people inside Vicpol and from my interactions with Vicpol, even at the QVM riot riots, QVM protests where I was buying lobster and crab 
for a treat. I don't eat lobster every day. It's like, it's been a year. I wanted to buy a lobster. And yeah. uh, I talked to the cops at that protest. I said, hey, what's going on? And they said, I was a protest. They, were, they just seemed like normal, young, like they didn't really want to be there. Mm. But we have seen a few people in VicPol loving this and you know kicking that guy in the head and you know, just doing some dodgy stuff. If trained officers can screw up badly, can you imagine what PSOs who are trained but far less or public servants or you know just anyone being a delegated officer could do? That's scary because at yeah. the moment, delegated officers can be anyone that the secretary deems uh, um, that they appoint. And generally that's been like police officers, but this bill changes it where the secretary can appoint anyone. I haven't got it in front of me, but it says anyone with the appropriate skills, uh, temperament experience or otherwise that the secretary <sighs> deems fit or otherwise is oh, the actual words. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that or otherwise it's such a broad brush. Now, again, look, defending the government, they say to us all the time we're not going to be in a lock under lockdown for one second longer than we need to okay and if you if dan is telling the truth then great that's great uh so in the same token they will say of course we're going to make, make sure we only appoint people who are responsible and blah 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 and if they're telling the truth and they're perfect people then great but they're not they're, this Vic poll stuff's up this is going to be a disaster you know just, we don't even need to convince people i feel like just letting it go through letting letting the the state fall into hell and then we'll have no nothing to fight like people will go oh my god you know that all the lawyers and everyone were right this is screwed and then they'll you know we'll turn it around yeah cuz you, you know, mark my words you've seen it right you've already seen vic pole doing some interesting things uh, if this goes through we're going to see some weird things where they're going to be appointing public servants yeah so in the bill in the explanatory memorandum, which is at the front of the bill, which you can download, it says, it explains that yeah. they actually want to empower public servants. Yeah. To carry out these responsibilities. Well, yeah. I don't even know what that means. Medicare, like Medicare office workers, like Vic Rhodes workers. Yeah. Like that. It's a, and then that's, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. It says here, public servants can authorize other people. Right. Yeah, so that's already existed. That's section 192, I think, of the Public Health and Wellbeing Act. At the moment, anyone can assist a authorized delegated authorized officer in the um, exercise of their duties under the Act. That already exists. Uh, and okay, so I guess does that does that mean like do you actually have to get a piece of paper stating that you're a, an authorized officer or? can you just sort of, you know, kick down someone's door you don't like say, uh, I, uh, I thought you were going to breach some, some, uh, medical directions from the Cho. I'm detaining you now. Like, I mean, can, are we going to have randos kicking down doors and, and arresting people or how, how does this actually work? Is it an actual process or is it just pretty much, Hey, I've got my letter from the government saying I'm an authorized officer. So one of the problems is there's so much discretion in what we've described. For example, when it says they can detain people, it doesn't say for how long. So yeah. that's why I say it's indefinite. It also has no uh, right of review. So it doesn't say, you know, you can have your case heard at court or you can appeal or anything like that. So you're, 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 this is what they do in dictatorial countries. They, they place a lot of power in the executive branch of government and they cut out the other two branches. So you know, being legislative, who make the laws, executive, who enforce the laws like the police, 
and then the judiciary is the third branch which judge whether a law was broken or not by removing it out of the courts out of the judiciary system we're just talking about executive power that can detain for this is like guantanamo bay you know how mm. why they made guantanamo bay they made so guantanamo bay is in on the northwest coast of cuba right yeah that's right I think, but yeah. Uh, so this is where they can send people for uh, um, supposed terrorism charges uh, or uh, suspected terrorism. Mm. And because it's offshore and it's not part of the U S they're not subject to um, U S rights and so on. And they can yeah. be held there in detention indefinitely. Same as, you know, offshore detention, which we do in Australia. And uh, that's a similar thing here that they're doing by concentrating that executive power. Um, into those people. So what will we see uh, in terms of people banging down doors? This is the, this is the hard thing. Like it's impossible to answer, you know, asking for a prediction. We just don't, we just don't know what they're going to do, except the track records so far has been that when you give Vic Pol or whoever uh, a very broad remit, they tend to be conscientiously zealous in the sense that they want to do their job and they want to do it well. I'm not yeah. talking about the psycho police out there that are really enjoying this and are dickheads. I'm talking about just the general Vic Paul members. Yeah. And they're young. A lot of them are young and, and they just want to do the job and zealously do it well. And so yeah. they will take whatever power you give them to do it. We saw the commissioner of police, Shane, whatever his name, or Luke Cornelius, the deputy commissioner of yeah. Vic Paul, both of them taking whatever they, in terms of the curfew, they said, look, it wasn't our idea. And, and, you know, cause Dan said it was their idea and they said, no, nope, we yeah. didn't. And we didn't want it. We didn't ask for it, but now we've got it. Yeah. It's yeah. really helpful and we're going to use it. So look, this is, this is a, can I, can I read a quote to you? Yeah, sure. Sure. Do you know a guy called C.S. Lewis? Yeah. The, uh, he wrote Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. That's J.R. Tolkien. Is it? C.S. Lewis. C- why is they were friends. C- okay. That's probably C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were really, really good friends. Okay. C.S. Lewis wrote Narnia. He's the most famous thing. Yes. Okay. Now, now I'm getting my, my wires crossed, but yeah. Yep. But he did better stuff than Narnia. He was, he was a, um, he was a Christian apologist, apolo, whatever he wrote theoretical stuff, but he had, had an interesting take on society. And he said something that I think sums up what we're talking about. Right. He yep. says, of, Oh, I've got to pop up. Go away. He says of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies because the robber baron's cruelty may sleep sometimes. His cupidity or greed may at some point be satiated, but those who torment us for our own good, which is what's happening right now, will torment us without end for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. And this is what you got to understand by you know, when I say Vic Pol are just trying to do the best, Dan's trying to do his best. This is the worst and most scariest position you can be in because it's not like they're feeling a little bit guilty because they really believe they're doing a great job or they're doing what they have to do. Even the police, you know, dressed up like army people at QVM, dragging that woman with a bag of apples. I am fairly certain they would be like this. They would be thinking, look, I'm just trying to protect people. I don't want COVID to kill grandma. And yeah, these people are crazy. And, and that enables them to go far further because they have no kind of restraint coming yeah. from their conscience. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that, I think that quote captures it perfectly. And a, a lot of times you do, you do hear them say on, on video when 
people are pushing back against them. They say, look, I'm just doing my job. Right. And, and that's the thing they they as you said, they, they don't, they don't create the law. They enforce the law. Hmm. Right. And then I think that's the thing. And I, I do really just want to make it clear that you yourself have said that you don't think the police are doing a bad job. There are that, that the few that obviously have sort of gone above and uh, beyond to, I think, detain people in, in a way that's not the most uh, humane way, let's, let's say. But I think another thing to sort of be careful about um, the videos sort of surfacing and, and viral videos, especially now, is they don't always show the whole story. Um, and, and I think that's important because I, I do know uh, quite a few people in, in Vipol and, and I mean, the, the stories they tell me is like, they'll, they'll just be walking around. This is obviously pre pre COVID times. They'll just be walking around and they'll have someone come up to them and, and literally just spit at their feet and say, Oh, you guys are all racist. You're, you're out here to arrest me. And, and I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know if I could deal with that on a, a day-to-day basis that would sort of mm. eat away at me. So they, they do put up with a fair amount of shit, but that for me at the same time, says that these people need to be trained. They need to have a certain mindset. And if you don't have that mindset and all of a sudden you're putting the power to arrest and detain people in a normal person's hand, mate, I tell you, when that adrenaline kicks in, it's, it's yeah. going to be disastrous. I, I guarantee it. We're going to have yeah. stories that are of, of disaster. We will. So, so hopefully, hopefully this omnibus, uh, what do you call it? Omnibus bill doesn't pass. Is that the right it, way to say it? Yeah, everyone's just calling it the omnibus bill. Yeah. So, and now we're talking about pre, also we're talking about preemptive. Remember, so we're asking yeah. untrained people to predict whether someone is, and the, the bill says likely to fail to comply with a direction. Yeah. And sometimes that direction's unclear. I tell, look, I've I've called the DHS, the DHHS directly, and I've asked them a few questions, and they're like, "Oh, just refer to the website." And then I'll be like, well, I'm on the website and it says this, like, oh, look, um, I don't know, to be honest. It will depend um, if you get pulled over what the police officer thinks at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do we, like, should there be that kind of discretion and, and discrepancy in enforcing mm-hmm. the law? And, and I didn't, I wasn't happy with that. I, I really wasn't. And, and that's why these sort of things where, and, and I, I would want to get your, your take on it, where we're sort of broadening the remit of of not just law enforcement people now of uh authorized officers it starts we start playing a really dangerous game i think so we well, think yeah. historically where we've come from we've come from kings right mm. where they're just that's the executive government they they say it goes that's it yeah. then we started to have democ- democracy this is from ancient greece where it started to come out we have democracy come in and the people get involved in in past in voting on laws and then we have the rise of the judiciary where they judge you know this separation of powers i talked about it's also yes. called the balance of powers balance yeah. you're supposed to say look coppers dan and friends you can have as much power as yeah. you want in the executive branch you can go nuts you can lock me up for for nothing you can lock me up for being asian i don't care as long as there's an equal balance over here in the judiciary you get to review your decision who are not in your pocket, so metaphorically speaking, yeah. they're independent. And they can say, no, you can't lock up Matt because he's Asian. He doesn't even sound Asian, right? Let him out. Yeah. They can, they can, <laughs> yeah. 
that's okay. And the scary thing is not that Dan's looking for power. It's that he's bypassing the checks and mechanisms of, of uh, oversight. That's the yeah. real scary part. Yeah. And I mean, so why, why is this being pushed through and, and why is it making so many of your, I guess your, your lawyer friends and, and your, your judge friend uncomfortable and, and why, why are we not seeing them speak out um, publicly against this? Is it, is it so that they don't, you know, put themselves in trouble or what's the sort of go there? And, and, I mean, if it's this omnibus is reviewed by a, a legal team, surely, surely they, um, you know, would have some sort of pushback, right? Or it would well, they goes, are. Yeah. They are. They are. So if you're following the news, any like news.com, ABC, The Guardian, Sky News, whatever you yeah. follow, the, you know, we've seen two letters now come out from QCs. So QCs are like the most esteemed um, barristers in our yeah. system, Queen's yeah. Councils. They've all come out doing combined letters, like the COVID doctors have come out and done a combined letter, whatever. Yeah. So the QCs have said, no, this is wrong. It's arbitrary detention. We've had a second one come out, I think yesterday or this morning, and and the former High Court Justice Michael McHugh, 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 McHugh yeah. has, is the first signatory on that letter. So they are coming out and saying it. So it is, it is, it is happening. Okay, good. That that's good to hear. And I also just wanted to ask you, I don't know if you know, does this Omnibus Act allow Dan Andrews or any minister to, to change court dates? What do you mean change court dates? So let's, let's say Dan Andrews needs to face into the court for one reason or another, right? Let's say he's mismanaged um, the, the hotel quarantine and, and he needs to face into the court on X day. Can he go and now, if this Omnibus gets passed, change that date? I'm not aware of any such provisions that it might be in there, but you, what you're referring to going to court, that's different. So if he was sued, mm. Dan Andrews, and he had to go to court, that's different from what he's having to face now, which is parliamentary inquiries. It's a different thing altogether. Okay. So I, I, I guess with the parliamentary inquiry, he obviously cannot change the dates that he has to face into that, right? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm stepping out of my um, knowledge here, but uh, yeah. parliamentary inquiry, I, don't, I did see in news that he's he was supposed to appear and then he he or his team pushed it and then he was yeah. supposed to appear and then they pushed it again yeah so obviously there is there is power for him to keep pushing that inquiry but whatever yeah well i mean he eventually would would have to face into it right well you'd think so but maybe he can push and push forever i i don't know how the rules that's something you would ask you know david limbrick the mp or someone who's in the system and knows how the those things work a lot of that's not written down. Uh, yeah. You know, it might be somewhere obscurely, but a lot of that is convention. So it's yeah. just how we do things. And based on our Commonwealth system of government, which we've inherited from the UK, we operate on an extreme amount of convention. Like if you go to court now, I don't know if you, have you ever been to court for yeah. a traffic fine or something? Yeah. For, for a traffic fine. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know what to do, right? Like you go there and like, what's the rules? Where do I go? When do I get to speak? Like, <laughs> yeah. how, it's weird. Yeah. And the lawyers are walking around. They know what they're doing. Like, no, don't sit there. No, do this. It's all convention. Yeah. I, I remember on, on the same day that I had my court date, um, they had a, a, a live video feed of, of quite a serious offense from, from prison. Um, mm. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, oh, fuck, I, like, this is just traffic fine. But I, I like, I'm, I'm caught with this guy. Like, 
he's like was in handcuffs like had police officers around so i was like oh shit it was quite quite intimidating hey matt give me one you second there, right oh, um no i copped it I'll go, i'm gonna quickly turn my light on give me one tick sorry No, I, I didn't get off the traffic fine. Unfortunately, I copped it. Shame. Yeah. Well, um, did you deserve it? Yeah, I deserved it. Look, I'm not going to lie. I, I just cheeky monkey. <laughs> Trying to get off. Yeah, I, um, I know. I, I did not did not plan that out well, and it didn't it didn't go well. So I'm 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 fine with it now in my in my older uh, older age. Hey, Matt. So how? With these things getting passed, right, like the amendments to the state of emergency, the omnibus, I know you touched on it in your videos and I do urge people to go watch those. But for anyone listening or watching this, how mm. do we, like, can the federal government step in? I'm pretty no. sure the answer is no. Now, can the people of Victorious put up, um, you know, push against this? How do we push against it? Because it's... Yeah, sorry, go on. Well, what we what are you going to say? Because it's what? Oh, because it's it's not sitting easy with a lot of people. Okay, I tell you the most effective way, which first of all is illegal. So I'm not suggesting it, Vic Pol. And second of all, uh, the people you're representing and talking about are mostly like centrist people who are not interested in all this garbage. They just want to get on with their lives. They're yeah, not going correct. to do it either. But the most effective way would have been massive, massive protests. So <laughs> yeah. don't protest everyone, okay? Vic Pol, I'm telling everyone not to protest. However, no protests. We're not promoting protests. Let's make it fucking clear before Matt and yes. I are uh, viral. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is a theoretical point and it's true. If we had a BLM turnout, a Black Lives Matter rally turnout, do you remember that was like 10 grand, 10,000 people in Melbourne? Yeah, if we had that kind of turnout on the 13th of September or the 12th of September when the first protests were supposed to kick off, the the that would have been a very obvious signal that um, Dan wouldn't have been able to ignore. Let me let me prove it to you. At the moment, when you go to the, the shops and you're forced to wear a mask, how many cops do you see checking your mask? Hmm. Like none. Right, and we've been doing this for a month or whatever. Yeah. But everyone wears a mask. Yeah. See, this is something called the panopticon. This is Jeremy Bentham's panopticon. It was a theory of causing compliance within people through a self-discipline method based on fear. Anywhere mm. you go nowadays to the shops or Bunnings or whatever's in your stupid 5K bubble, uh, you, you'll see that people are following rules because we're good compliant citizens. Or yeah. we're just afraid of getting a fine, but there's no cops checking it. And, and this is exactly the point. The government wins because we comply. Yeah. And that's why massive. So if we wanted the mask mandate to go, for example, just theoretically, if everyone stopped wearing masks, what are they going to do? Yeah. It's... I mean, they'll throw out a bunch of fines, but then what, what just keep finding millions of people. Yeah. So that would be the number one way to push back. Now, no one's going to do this. As we've seen, the protests have been like 100 or 200 people, right? And it's the fringe people. Yeah. So, and the people that you're talking about and to, that, that don't want to do that. I get it. So what do you do? Okay, well, you fight within the system. So I, that's how I met Monica. So I have, a t I have my channel where I do interviews and stuff. And I have a TV show that we do now 
uh, it was called Not the Project. Now we don't know what to call it. We're calling it the People's Project, and we have polys on and whatever. I like she, Not the, the Project. The reason why I te- you liked it, I like it. Yeah, I, I saw it. I was like, I'm like, that's clever. I liked it. She thinks it's a bit too negative and we need to stand on our own two feet. But anyway, so okay. <laughs> I teamed up with her because she, she runs a page called Reignite Democracy Australia and she makes yeah. all these campaigns. It's a really good one to follow because there's a lot of fringe stuff out there and even she's a bit um, full on for me, but still she's the most respectful. You know, she says to people, don't yell at your pollies. Don't threaten them. Don't good. tell them they're wankers. Just yeah. send them a respectful email saying don't support this bill or I'm not voting for you. And when they, when they help you out, send a thank you. Don't forget to send a thank you. So she organizes these mass campaigns and letterbox drops and really cool stuff. Yeah. That is the only other way I can see us fighting this as people is either yeah. you do the you, mass civil disobedience or uh, uh, what she's doing, which is campaigning pollies. Um, the only, that's what we can do as people, uh, but the influencers really need to stand up. So here's, an example right so you know beck judd rebecca yes. judd yeah right from married what's his name uh, uh some chris, AFL star. Chris, chris judd i hope i got that right i don't really watch the footy I think, it's chris judd I think you're right is it all right you're right yeah best looking couple in the world right yes anyway she has been saying for a long time where your effing ass just really negative and just slamming people Mm. But even she's turned. Now she's starting to say things like, oh, dictated Dan wants to keep us locked up. And we really need those key opinion leaders. Coles is what the media industry call influencers. We need the key opinion leaders to, who believe that this is wrong to stand up. And that's what mm. we're seeing with like the legal profession, the business community. You know, I just interviewed uh, Jim Penman, you know, Jim's mowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in this studio uh, twice now. Now. And I did a short interview for that show with uh, Monica and a, for not the project. And I did a long form interview, which I haven't put out yet. He's standing up and saying, this is wrong because, you know, he's got franchisees who are becoming destitute because they, they are not allowed to do their dog washing in their trailer, but you can do dog washing if you own a, a, a store. Yeah. Right. And also if you work for the council, you're allowed to mow lawns, but if yeah. you work for Jim's mowing in your own franchise and you want to mow someone's lawn for 30 bucks by yourself, no, you can't. It's legal. That's absurd. So anyway, he, he's standing up and, and he's saying, this is not right. He was on channel seven and you see him just, you'll see him everywhere on YouTube yeah. and on the media complaining behind closed doors. I've had, one guy I've got to tell you about, I can't tell you who it is, but he owns one of the largest companies in Australia, turns over hundreds of million dollars of dollars a year, has thousands of staff around the entire planet, headquartered here in Melbourne. Mm. He reached out, said, love your show. Something's got to be done. This is crazy, but I can't speak out. How can I help behind the scenes? Yeah. Uh, apparently, there are lots of business leaders who are in the same boat. They're scared to come out but yeah so we need more of them to come out we need key opinion leaders to come out like beck joe started to come out but she got scared off because she said dictator dan everyone slammed her for calling him a dictator and and now she's gone quiet again we need yeah. people to be a bit more bold yeah oh look uh i i agree if if um if people do have an opinion here's the thing matt now, when I watched uh, on the news, the the protesters, uh, they were at, what was it? Was it St. Kilda Beach? I think it was. Yeah. 
Els, yeah. Elsonswick Park or something. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, so when when they got arrested or taken down, um, you sort of saw like one woman was barely being touched and she was just shrieking at the top of her lungs and mm. and causing a scene. And mm. I don't know, like when I was watching that, it just didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And Which part? What she was doing or what the cops were doing? Oh, what she what she was doing. The the cops weren't like they weren't being aggressive at all um, for for this one. And and mm. see that that to me is a problem. And the reason that's a problem mm. is that it's it's sort of like the boy who cried wolf. In in my opinion, mm. it's it's if we cry wolf too many times, that when we do have a serious mm. issue, right? Like where a, a police officer kicks someone that's already detained in the head, mm. right? And then you've got other people that are being lightly touched and, and reprimanded rightly. So mm. crying and, and shrieking it, it sort of starts creating a bit of a, a dichotomy and, and it will start to mm. desensitize us to, to mm. what's happening. Right. And, and that's not something that we should be desensitized to because if we're seeing something going wrong, like we want to pick it out, but if you have the wrong representatives and the wrong image being portrayed then to me i think that's a big issue so if we've got the right um what was the word the key influences kids key key opinion leaders influences is what we all know it as colloquially influences yeah i I mean if you've got the right influences giving out the right message and and they don't have that aggressive overtone where Mm. um it's it's a a fair message and it's a message Mm. that's said in, a, in an eloquent way, I, I feel like as Victorians, for, for the majority of us, we'll, we'll take very warmly to that. And, and I think it's important that it's done that way. Um, but Well, I think this is why my videos are going viral all the time. I, I don't intend them to, but it's because I just happened to be someone standing up and saying, hey, uh, I don't stand, I did a video called I Don't Stand With Dan, I Stand With Victoria. Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. We need from these opinion leaders. We don't need them to come out like Sam Newman, and and even I appreciate that Jeff Kennett came out and said this is terrible. But that's not what I'm calling for. I'm calling for people to stand up and say, "Hey, no, we're not going to be ruled by fear, Dan. We're not going to report on each other. We'll follow every rule you put in. No problem, sir. However, don't get up there and try and make us scared every day. We know that. We know that." deaths are down we know that cases are up and, and the total deaths are down okay we we know that we're in this i was in the supermarket the other day and this guy who i've known for a long time i because we charge our electric cars right so we always park next to each other and we charge our cars and i've known him for ages and we've had really friendly conversations because you know electric mm. cars, oh how's your car met his wife met his kids um yeah. talked about renting out his car anyway the other day, he starts screaming at me just as he's coming back from the shops of the trolley. I'm like, what is going on? Like, first of all, don't you recognize me or my car? Yeah. Uh, we're mates, right? And uh, he's just screaming. I said, what's going on? What's going on? And he's having a go at me. And, and he said, why are you getting in my car? And I said, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Like, what? Because what? we both have white cars. Yeah. And my number plate is... <laughs> and uh, he... Um, he realized that he thought I was getting into his car, even though it's a different shape. Yeah. Uh, he's so, he was so stressed out. This guy, I know that he's, he's just frazzled. Like he's just not functioning properly. And I'm seeing that I, I'm seeing that sometimes, but I feel like it's happening. It must be happening a lot because people are stressed. Mental health oh, yeah. is stretched. 
you know, my kids are struggling. Not, I mean, they can go to the park now, but boy, it was bad for a while. They, you know, the yeah. swings across the road in my little suburban neighborhood are somehow deadly because no one goes there. It's a joke. Anyway, uh, I think the conversations we have in supermarkets, the way we treat one another, I think we need to be a little bit more uh, empathetic. You know, like mm, spot on. I was really nice to him because I was like, man, you're struggling, aren't you? you know, I was thinking yeah. this. I was trying to treat him gently. But on his side, like we need to let people in front of us a little bit more during this season. We yeah. need to show a little bit more, just deferment in, in the cues and just, just, just a little bit nicer, everybody. Because at the moment, the effect of what we're hearing from the government, from Dan indirectly, is causing us to divide. And we're coming yeah. either I stand with Dan or I don't stand with Dan or yeah. I'm for the lockdown because I don't want everyone to die and you're all stupid conspiracy theories or it's all fake and, and you're killing businesses. And I, unfortunately, I think the premier is, is dividing. Yeah. Oh, uh, look, I think, I think you've put that very, very well. And it's, you know, I've, I've also had um, a bit of that revelation where I think now especially now as we sort of see what's happened in the States where you've got people that are Republicans versus Democrats and it's splits and it's such a clear divide. I feel like that's happening in Victoria. I've never felt that ever in, especially We've in Melbourne. Stop it, George. Yeah. We have to stop it. And, and I think compassion is, is the biggest key where, mm. where what you, what you did, you didn't look at your, your friend, as why is this guy yelling at me? What a dick. You looked at him from, Oh, what's wrong? He must be stressed. Something, mm. something's not going right. And that's a very, very good way to, I guess, you know, deal with the situation when we're all honestly in it fucking together, regardless of what we believe. And, and that's, that's why I, I really do love about your videos are they're very factual based, right? Mm. The, the thing with the media is whether it's left wing or right wing, they they might give you a fact. So they might say, you know, a um, hundred cases today, for instance. Actually, let's let's put good energy out there. One case today, right? Mm -hmm. But they might give you the data. But what then? What they then do is they use very descriptive words to give an underlying message, right? So mm -hmm. they might be like, you know, one case today. Um, delivered by an incompetent government, right? Or there might be like one case mm. today delivered by the greatest premier to ever grace Victoria. And yeah. that's where I feel like the division begins. Whereas if we just get people to refer to the facts, you know, if, if they reach out to the MPs, you know, log on to the DHHS, covidlive.com.au. I, I look at those numbers all the time, maybe because of mm. my my background in my professional background, I, I just like looking at the data and see what the data tells you and then go from there. And, and you, you put it perfectly. We're not saying disobey the law, revolt, etc. What we're saying is we'll do the right thing, but when it starts infringing on human rights or infringing on our, on our sovereign rights, we need, we need to speak out against it. Right. Well, okay, so it, this is the problem, right? It is. I've said that so many times, but this is the problem. I'm hearing myself speak. It really is a problem, though. I'm being. I'm such a centre kind of calm person, and I'm being radicalised to the point where I illegally took my daughter to the swing. Yeah. Now, most people would not say I should be in jail for taking my daughter to the swing in an empty park. 
park across the road because she's having mental health issues as a little four-year-old and she doesn't understand why she can't go to the swing anymore. However, it's radicalized me into a criminal, a low-level criminal, but I, I, I committed a crime. And so you've got to start to ask yourself the question, this is what I'm going to be interviewing people for next week on morality. When is civil disobedience okay? Yeah. Because obviously, you know, okay, you can go to the swing, just don't let anybody see you. But, you know, I'm sure your audience doesn't hate me for pushing my daughter on the swing for five minutes that day, two weeks ago when it was illegal and now it's legal. Yeah. But it's given me a lot of empathy to those tree hugging, hugging protesters, civil libertarians who I always thought were nutters. I kind of get why they do it. Like at some point you can't follow the law. I mean, we only say law abiding because we live in the most amazing, safe Western liberal democracy. Would we be saying the same things if we were living in 1944 Germany or 1934 Germany or or North Korea, or even take it back a bit, even just like now Saudi Arabia where, you know, women couldn't drive until recently. Yeah. I think we're, we're fooled. I think we have too much trust in the government is always correct. And oh, so, yeah, my, yeah, I would, ad, I would admon, admonish, I would encourage all the people like you and, and who you talk to, to not necessarily go radical, but to just start to think for themselves and say, Hey, the government is not always the arbiter of truth. And mm. we need to sometimes have our own moral standards. And if the government doesn't, aligned to what is right, then we've got to do something. Yeah. And, and Matt, I, I think that's, that's so perfectly said. And on top of that, where, where I honestly start getting a bit nervous is when your, your everyday nine to fivers, not radicals start getting nervous and start speaking out and start saying, Hey, I don't think something's right here. That's when I start saying, okay, We've got the, you're you, you just your everyday people starting to divide and, and not only are they dividing, they're starting to say something's not right. And, and that's why me personally, I, I tend to steer away from either I stand with Dan or I don't stand with Dan. Like, mate, I don't, I don't give a fuck what he does as long as he does the right thing. And right now, it doesn't feel like this current administration is doing the right thing based on well, again, this is probably self-projecting, but based on the, the conversations I've had with small business owners, you know, things, things are not good. Things are not good. And I'm hearing things like from, from people that I'm close with saying, I can totally see why people commit suicide because the thing they've worked yes. for their whole life. And if we, look at, if we look at our basic needs, the things that they've worked towards to, to fulfill those basic needs give their family the things that they want to live in a house that they want is now being threatened. Right. And I, 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 now I'm not condoning this at all, but um, if we do look at history, the, the French revolution where they, the peasants got together and they said, well, Hey, you know what? Like, like the, the Kings and, and Queens, like they're pretty much just rorting, rorting off our hard work. And what essentially happened there was these peasants' livelihoods were being threatened and their lives were being sort of taken for granted. And then that revolt happened, right? Yeah. Not, not saying that, that we should revolt, completely not saying that we should protest. As, I, as I've stated, you know, Vic Paul, if they're listening, mm-hmm. um, completely neutral on this. 
but I could, I could see why. But keep in people- mind, you might even change what you just said. Uh, mm. Let's say if I, if I told you that 200,000 people protested in Melbourne on the streets peacefully last Saturday, walking mm. through the CBD, this weekend, we're hoping it's going to be 350,000. Mm. Like this becomes such all of a sudden socially more of a license for you to, to say yes and to go. What, what, do you, what do you mean? So let's say at the moment, if I told you, hey, come on, come down to a protest, you know, yeah. you'd be like, hang on, whoa, 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 you know, it's illegal, they're all crazy, you know, but whatever. Yeah. But if I said to you 300,000 protested last week like they are in, I don't know how many protesting in Germany at the moment in the UK. Yeah. But if it became, if the majority started to move like, like that and suddenly it became acceptable to stand up peacefully for, the, for your rights and it was all the coals were out and it was all the mums with prams out on a city to surf type, you know, peaceful, fair type protest, you know, like coffee shops and food trucks. And yeah, suddenly, you know, it's not so hard to go and do a protest. And I think, Mm. I think we're going to get pushed there to, to either one of two ways, either it'll get bad enough and people will be forced to. So, you know, at the moment it's only the, only a few people who are becoming destitute or committing suicide or whatever. But if it gets bad enough, everyone will radicalize. Everyone does. I mean, you, I can, the most the most stable person, you know, if they tell us that we're not allowed to shop for food, okay, just for example, hmm. food, you, you, have to, you have to stock up once a month and that's it. You can't go to the supermarket more than once a month. Hmm. My little four-year-old and one-year-old are crying because they're hungry because I've run out of food. Do you think there's anything that can stop me from going to the supermarket? If Vic Pohl stood out the front of my door and said, you're not going anywhere, you've been out, and my my kids are inside screaming for food. They won't listen to me. I will pick up a shovel out of my garage and I'll go attack a Vic Pauls and I'll be shot because I'm going to feed my damn kids, right? Yeah. Anyone can be pushed to become animalistic. And I think the problem is at the moment we're sleeping. So JobKeeper, JobSeeker has been a great support for everyone, which is great. But can you imagine if JobKeeper and Seeker turned off, say, next week? I think that lockdowns would be over straight away. Oh yeah, I, I think I, th- I think you're right there. Where, as as we sort of said, you're, you're starting to threaten the the basic necessities that people need. And once you mm. start doing that, that's where you start seeing a, a more radical, I guess, um, a radical uh, change happening amongst society. And I'm really, really hoping that we we don't get there. I don't think anybody actually wants that. Um, mm. And in in terms of i mean and and that's that's the thing like if this bill does get passed then i sort of feel like it's the step in that direction where yeah yeah and and on on that front i i personally don't want to see that get passed i don't think you do um based off your videos <laughs> but let, let's let's say it does right let's say by yeah. So I guess two two prong question. Let's say so. Let's say um, what what needs to happen for it to get passed, and how likely I guess it might be hard for you to predict how likely it is to to pass. But let, let's say it does get passed. Yeah. Is there anything we can do legally or by speaking to uh, our members of parliament to reverse that? So at the moment, it has passed the lower house, and then it's got to go to the upper house. It passed the lower yeah. house earlier. end of last week i think yeah so keep in mind there are pollies voting yes to it even though we're talking like this okay don't forget that alp and the greens careful the greens who have said we're going to block it in the upper house voted for it in the lower house 
This yeah. is why you got to keep an eye on these polys. Lib- libs as well. Well, the libs have been good on this issue, but in three years' time, when they're in power, and and I go to them, or you know, reignite democracy, Australia, whoever campaigns for them to repeal these crap laws, I'm like seventy percent sure that they're not going to do it. I think mm-hmm. they'll be. I think they will love having. I think any government would love having these laws. So you've got to yeah. keep that in mind. We need to stop it from getting through in the first place. Getting this stuff repealed is going to be difficult. It's going to the upper house in uh, early to mid October. Yeah. The, what we're hoping is that the crossbenchers don't vote for it. Fiona Patton, who voted for the state of emergency, has come out and said she's not going to vote for this, which is great. Samantha Ratnam of the Greens has come out and said that she's not going to vote for this, even though they voted for it in the lower house. You hypocrite. Uh, they said they're not going to allow it to go through in the upper house because it's such a bad bill. Hypocrite. These politics. Yeah. Uh, so prediction is that we will successfully stop it. However, it's going to require a whole lot of work from us writing letters, uh, emails, ringing the politicians and saying, look, I've voted Labor quite a lot, but I can't, I'm in your electorate and I can't vote for you if you do this because you, you're destroying cafes and my mates and my mate's a builder and he's got no work. I, I'm telling you right now, you need to not vote this through. And this is the Labor upper house legislative council MPs is who I'm talking about calling because they're the people who are going to vote it through. Yeah. So I'd be calling, I wouldn't bother calling the libs at all because they are hundred percent against it. They're going to vote yeah. against it. And they always have. I wouldn't bother calling the liberal democratic party, the libertarians, David Limbrick. They're great. They're, they're voting against it. I'd call the crossbenchers, which is Andy Medic, Fiona Patton and uh, Samantha, well, Samantha Ratham, she's on the greens. Who's yeah. the other one? There's one more. Anyway, Look, yeah. just follow what's the face, Reignite Democracy Australia. They'll tell us what to do, basically. Yeah. And now, if if we can stop it, great. If we can't stop it, it goes through. What's going to happen? We're going to get more absurdities. We'll have abuse of power. PSOs will become delegated officers. And, you know, we're going to see some dodgy stuff. Uh, what's going to happen then? I think the most in, in, uh, marginalised people will get hit again. Do you remember yeah. the towers that got locked down in Melbourne? Well, when, when you were when you given the example about, uh, you know, um, you being not allowed to leave your house to feed your family, mate, those, uh-huh. those people in those towers, which I'd be interested to know when we locked down those towers, how many people in those towers with COVID actually spread it and died. But that data seems hard to get by. I'm not going to comment too much on that because I'm not a doctor. Uh, what I saw was, was, it was very low, but yeah. Yeah. Our news on that today. So he, he locked it down under state of emergency powers at the time. Now he's come out in the media today and said, no, 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 they didn't. So he's changing his tune. And this goes back to what I said about, it doesn't matter what's in the laws. It's about what you actually exercise and what you, what, what, what law you wield in your yeah. actions. And he said, no, we did it because we as landlords own the community towers, community government housing. We simply had Vic Pol secure our buildings. Like, okay. So it's a landlord relationship now just lock down the buildings this is a very odd thing for the premier to say yeah if that's true then he's up for the tort of false imprisonment but you know let's let's see what happens there yeah uh, so go, go on go on matt oh to just to answer your question about what's going to happen so more absurdities uh and i'm hoping that if he does pass it and he does go absurd that he goes hard uh because we can't allow the frog in a, in a boiling pot of water at the moment. We just, we're just sucking it up. You know, we just take 63% of whatever people in Victoria polled in a news poll a couple of days ago, 
I think the Premier is doing a very good job handling the lockdown or a good job. So I don't believe those polls. Who's the problem here? You are, great. I hope they're wrong. But I, I think that he, he needs to go. It's like, a, it's like a Band-Aid, you know. I don't want him to slowly kill us. I want him to go so hard if this omnibus bill passes. Mm. And I'm getting locked up and everyone's getting locked up and it's just ridiculous and pregnant mums are being thrown to the ground because then we'll revolt. Yeah, I see, I see exactly I, what you're saying. I don't want it to get to there. That's like, okay, but I also don't want us to just end up in that show. You know, what's that show with Gilead? Handmaid's Tale. Have you seen that? No, what's it called? Uh, a handmaid, a Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. What, what, what's it about? Anyway, popular show about this um, place called Gilead, where they live in a Western liberal democracy, but you know, there's uh, you know sexual liberation and whatever we have in, in you know just the loosening of standards over time in our society for more freedom. The religious people in that society get so annoyed at that that they they through what Dan's doing now, they get popular and people vote for them to erect a new state called Gilead. And they, they divide up a large part of the United, the continental United States. Yeah. And they create a new nation called Gilead. And in there it's ultra, ultra, ultra conservative. Women are oppressed and raped and, and all this yeah. religious crap. Quoting the Bible the whole time. Uh, and it's really the way you get there, the way you get to a despot state is gradually bit by bit. Yeah. And that's what we've got to really be careful of here. So that's yeah. why I say I want him to go hard. If you're going to do this, Dan, go as hard as you can, son, because then people will turn. I'm yeah. most scared that he gets a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. So I'm really encouraged by the fact that everyone's jumping up and down now. I know you don't like the division and I don't either, but I would be far more scared if all we had right now was applause. Oh, yeah. Because- well, yeah. Matt, but that's, that's the thing as well where – so with, with those news polls – Anyone reading, going by those news polls, I always say those news polls are bullshit. The reason being is you don't know what the population of that makes up that survey is. They could have asked a hundred Dan supporters and two non-Dan supporters, and then that tips the scale. It was two thousand. The sample size was two thousand. Two, and that's that's fuck all. Honestly, two thousand is is nothing. Like, <laughs> there's not even two thousand active cases. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and and. I, I agree with you. If if he does something, yeah, I, I agree with you. Do it hard. They, I mean, if we if we just went hard in the first place and just shut down the country when the coronavirus first started, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It'd be a very different conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, look, if he goes hard, um, it, it'll be a very interesting um, you know future for Victoria. But I, I genuinely hope that doesn't happen. I genuinely hope that the cases go down. And this is a thing of of the fucking past, but um, unfortunately, it's not not saying that way. Is there anything else I can tell you you wanted to ask about the omnibus bill? Um, I want to forget to go. Um, let me just double check. I don't think there was anything else. Um, no, there wasn't anything else. I think you covered off um, pretty much a lot of it. I, I am going to link your video um, a fair bit. And oh, but before before I go, do you watch Black Mirror? <laughs> you know, the creators of Black Mirror said uh, we're not doing a season this year because it's just we just can't keep up. Like reality is outrunning us. I don't know what to what to write. Yeah, mate. Honestly, rewatch rewatch season one, uh, episode two, 15 million merits. It is which one is this one? 
Um, it's the one where the guy rides the bike and uh, they, they live in a really sort of weird dystopian society where everything's sort of virtual, everyone's segregated. It's it's very. It. I'll um I'll I'll email it to you again so you so you remember to watch it. But uh, it's it's very eerie the the connections between um what's happening in isolation now and and how um Black Mirror portrayed it. Matt, look conscious of time. I think we're three minutes before before you got to jump off. Um, look, mate, thank you so much. I gen, genuinely like me. me.